Welcome to Play for Keeps, a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. This play is the property of the playwright who reserves all rights to its use. This recording is the property of Ashland New Plays Festival, Inc., which reserves all rights to its use. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Butterflies and Margarine, a play by Oded Gross. Cast of characters. Hazel, 30, female, a waitress. John, 30-ish, male, an amnesiac. Woman, 30-ish, female, a mystery. Brief synopsis. Hazel has fallen in love with John. She met John three months prior when she found him naked in a field unable to remember anything, not who he is, not how he got there, or any detail about his life. John is in love with Hazel, and seems content not remembering his past. His new present has made him that happy. Unfortunately, when a mysterious woman enters their lives, John's memories start slowly returning, and what they learn changes their destinies forever. The 90-minute play takes place in the present and is set entirely in a diner somewhere in America. Scene 1. A Diner It's a modern, albeit modest, diner with a jukebox in the corner. There is a counter on one side, behind which leads to a kitchen. On the other side of the diner, there are a number of booth-type tables. At each table is a menu holder with menus stuffed in. There's various pictures of the restaurant's history and the restaurant's family hanging on the wall. Currently, the restaurant is empty except for a waitress working on some paperwork behind the counter. The waitress is 30. Her name is Hazel Anderson. A woman enters. She looks to be about the same age as Hazel, maybe a little older. She approaches the counter. Hello. I wonder if you could help me. Yes, I definitely can. How definitive. My horoscope said I should say yes today, though I should tell you the restaurant is closed. Closed? Hopefully you didn't come in for food. Why else would a person come into a restaurant? Maybe you need to use the restroom. I don't need to use the restroom. If you did, my answer would be yes. (laughs) But if you're looking for food, I'm afraid the chef's not in today. Just me. Had to do a little bookkeeping for our tax extension. How dreadful. I know. I'd much rather be home in bed. But if you weren't here, you couldn't say yes to me. Which I'm happy to do, so long as you understand the restaurant is closed. I understand. Today is do your taxes day. Of course. I do wonder, however, if the restaurant is closed, why are you wearing your waitress uniform? Because today is also do your laundry day. It's a big day. Very busy. I apologize for my bad timing. Your timing is actually impeccable because I am inclined to say yes. Thank my lucky stars. Actually, I believe it's my lucky stars you ought to be thanking. Of course. Say yes to life. So said my horoscope. As it will reward me with dividends of happiness for many moons to come. Who am I to argue with your horoscope? I don't even normally believe in astrology. But that's only because I'm a Virgo. We tend to be skeptics. I'm just (laughs) glad you're inclined to believe in it today. After yesterday's forecast came true, I am inclined to believe anything it tells me. Oh? 
It said, if I confessed my passionate feelings to my heart's true love, those feelings would be returned tenfold. And did you? I did! And were they? They were! Congratulations! I know! I am so happy! I can only imagine. I don't remember the last time I was this happy. And today's forecast predicts even more happiness. That makes me happier! All you need to do is say yes! Which I'm fully prepared to do. Wonderful. Provided you don't ask for food. Thankfully, I'm not even hungry. Good! Though, why else would a person come into a restaurant? Well, as it turns out, I was in here the other day, and I think I saw an old friend of mine. A boyfriend? I'm not sure. What's your horoscope? Perhaps you're meant for love as well. Perhaps you can help me find him? Find your boyfriend? That's why I'm here. I think I can help with that. Can you? I know everyone who comes in here. He was sitting at that booth, over there. Over there? Yes. I'm afraid I don't know him. The woman is taken aback at the waitress's sudden shift. You just said... I don't know anyone that fits that description. I haven't described him yet. What does he look like? He was wearing a green... I don't know anyone that fits that description. A green hat. The hat said John Deere. Never heard of him. You were waiting on him. I get so many customers that time of day. I haven't told you the time of day. I'm busy as soon as the restaurant opens. I came in at 5.45 in the morning. So busy. Your restaurant doesn't open until 7. I don't know him. Come now. He was the only one here. You seem to be very nervous suddenly. I don't think I'm being nervous. I think I'm being friendly. You were being friendly the other day with the lone gentleman sitting in that booth. I'm friendly with all of my customers. Customer? I'm friendly with all of my customers. Quite frankly, I was surprised to see anyone in here, it being before opening hours. But there you were, talking to this fellow you can't remember. I can't be expected to remember every customer that walks in here. So I came in as well, hoping to get a bite to eat. I don't remember you either. I didn't stay. Was it because there was no food? It wasn't because there was no food. The chef doesn't come in until six. I don't care about the food. It's the man. I must find the man. Will you help me? I won't. I mean, I can't. He's gone. I do remember him now. He had a green hat. It said John Deere. He's definitely gone. I don't expect I'll ever see that man again. A man with a green John Deere hat enters. He doesn't see the woman. Hello, Hazel. Hello, John Deere. Last night was wonderful. It was. I'll be at my table. Very good. John beelines to his booth, takes a book he's been holding, and starts to read. Hazel turns back to the woman, trying to act as if nothing happened. So, unless there is something else you need, I think you should go. The woman looks Hazel up and down. Your name is Hazel? Yes. Interesting. It comes from the English meaning hazelnut. Hazel, I'm going to speak to that gentleman there. Please don't. I promise you I mean him no harm. The woman heads over to where the man is seated. She taps him on the shoulder. He looks at her, screams, then faints, falling from the booth onto the floor. Hazel rushes to the man's side. John! John! What did you do to him? Nothing! He's not moving. He just fainted. Is he all right? It's only temporary, I think. Did you kill him? No, that would be permanent. He can't be dead. I love him. I don't think he's dead. Ah! He's alive! John is breathing heavy. He turns to Hazel. Hazel? Hazel! Oh, John. I was in a panic thinking something terrible happened to you. You'll never believe it. But you're okay. I'm so relieved. I think my memories are starting to come back. Oh, no! I mean, how wonderful! Images! Dozens of images swirling inside my head. What did you see? I saw... I saw... I saw... He finally sees the woman. You? He backs away from her. John, do you know this woman? I... do... 
not. It seems like you do from the way you said you. It's confusing. I don't... I don't remember. You just said your memories were coming back. Starting to come back. It's all still a blur. Why did you scream? It happened when I looked upon this woman's face. Why did your face make him scream? I was overwhelmed with a flood of images. How did your face do that? I'm not entirely sure. Well, maybe it's best you get your face out of here. I need to speak with this man. Impossible! Unless you can figure out a way to do that without your face here. She could use a phone. John, let me take care of this. I need to speak with him in person. Absolutely not. You nearly killed him just now. I didn't. I saw you! You... Looked at him, and then he nearly died. He was startled, and he fainted. I can hardly be blamed for that. Who's to blame, if not you? No one is to blame. It was an accident. I didn't even say anything. Yes, and he nearly died. Think of all the damage you could do when you open your mouth. Hazel? How are you? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm worried. You needn't worry, so. I like to worry. I don't think... We need to worry about her. She looks like she's up to no good. I don't see that. She looks like a psycho. I'm not here to cause any trouble. That's exactly what a psycho would say. Hazel, let's hear her out. I don't want to be rude. John gets back to his feet. Hazel stands by his side. Fine. Miss? I think I can help you remember everything. Get the fuck out! Both women turned to John, confused by the sudden outburst. That was a little rude. That was a little rude. I don't care. I said get out. Did you hear what I said? I can help you remember everything. I heard not interested. Not interested? I have no interest in remembering everything. You don't? You don't? I don't. You're all that's important to me now. Last night was wonderful, wasn't it? It was. (sighs) John and Hazel kiss. The woman stands there awkwardly. Eventually, the two part. I highly doubt you have no interest. Surely, there must be some part of you- None. If that's why you're here, to help me remember, you might as well go. Actually, it's not why I'm here, though I did think it would be a useful byproduct of my presence. It's not useful to me. So unless you're going to tell me why you are here- Very well. May I sit? I'd rather you didn't. Hazel. Hazel harumps disapprovingly, then acquiesces. John gestures for the woman to take a seat in the booth. He then sits opposite her. Thank you. I wonder if you could get me a glass of water. What do I look like to you? A waitress? I could use something as well. Anything, my love. Perhaps a snack? I'll see what I can find. Hazel starts to head towards the kitchen. And a water would be nice. She exits, ignoring the woman. She clearly cares about you very much. This feeling is mutual. Is it? She saved my life. I woke up three months ago naked in a field. I couldn't remember how I got there. I couldn't remember who I was. I couldn't remember anything about myself. Only about yourself? Could you remember, for example, who William Shakespeare was? Of course, the playwright. He wrote that play. He wrote many plays. That famous one. Well, many of his plays are famous. The very famous play. Hamlet? No. Macbeth? No. The Tragedy of Romeo and Juliet? The play I'm thinking of is a comedy. He wrote many comedies. It wasn't very funny. You still haven't narrowed it down yet. The point is I can remember William Shakespeare, which is unusual as I understand it for a person with retrograde amnesia, which is what the doctor said I have. You saw doctors? I did, thankfully. Hazel was driving by me as I was lying naked in that field. She saw me, and she took me to a hospital. And when the doctors couldn't ultimately figure out how to cure me, Hazel took 
me to her home. I see. She gives me a place to live. She puts clothes on my back. She lets me come here every day and feeds me. I owe her everything. So you give her your heart? That's everything, is it not? It's certainly everything I have, so why not? I should think that would be obvious. It's dangerous to give her something you may have already given to someone else. I don't understand. You can't remember who you are or what promises you've made. Any moment a woman can walk in here and say, It's me, honey, your wife. I found you. Is that why you're here? No, but surely you see my point. I hadn't considered it. It never occurred to you that there might be loved ones looking for you? Loved ones you don't remember? No. It occurred to Hazel. I'm pretty sure the idea of them finding you frightens her very much. Our love can weather such storms. Really? There are worse things than another woman coming in here saying she used to be my lover. Yes, it could be another man. What? You could be gay. I'm not gay. You could be. No, I couldn't. You say you can't remember anything about your life. I assume that includes your sexuality. I'm not gay. You have amnesia. You don't know what you are or what you're not. You said you were going to tell me why you're here. Yes. You can start by telling me who you are. That would be a good place to start. Unfortunately, I'm afraid I don't know. <laughs> you don't know who you are? Do I look like an idiot? Why is that so hard to believe? You don't know who you are. <laughs> You're saying you have amnesia as well? That's exactly what I'm saying. Three months ago, I also woke up naked in a field, unable to remember a thing. But no one drove by me offering to help, offering their heart. I had to beg, borrow, and steal just to get a scrap of food to eat, let alone get some clothes on my back. I won't begin to tell you the things I had to do to survive. How unfortunate for you. And then, the other day, I wandered in here, hoping to get a bite, and I saw you. Can you guess what happened when I looked upon your face? You were startled? Yes. A flood of images? Yes. Memories? Yes. You fainted? Yeah, no. You didn't faint? I was a little dizzy, but no. <laughs> I didn't faint. Well... I didn't have dinner tonight, so my constitution is a little weak. After I saw you, I left in here in a daze and spent the last few days trying to piece together what I could with the clues I was given. What did you come up with? Very little. So I came back here hoping I might find some additional answers. When you looked at me and reacted as I did, it confirmed what I already suspected. We are connected. Do you know me? I think I do. I think I know you too. But I don't know how. Yes! Infuriating. I don't know how either. I just know I know you. We could be enemies. We could be. We could be friends, though. Hell, we could be lovers. I think I'd know if we were lovers. You could be gay. We could be lovers. So I ask again, is that why you're here? Because you think we were lovers? No. I'm here to remember. I presumed you wanted to do the same. It's clear being around one another helps. If we stay together, we might be able to remember everything. You presumed incorrectly. I don't want to remember. Why? In God's name, don't you want to remember your old life? Maybe I don't like my old life. You don't know your old life. I know this life. It's really good. I have a woman who loves me, children. Children? You've known this woman for three months. You already have children? Have you forgotten how babies are made? She has children. John pulls a menu from the menu holder on the table. He shows the woman the cover of the menu, which has a photograph of two twin girls. They look to be about three years old each. Two twin girls. They like me very much. They treat me like a father. You're not their father. Their father was an abusive drunk. I'm the best thing they've got. 
and I'm the only good man she's been with in God knows how long. Yes, you're a real good man. That much is clear. You realize you may have actual children who might be wondering where their father is and might be hoping when they find their father, he says to them, my children, I remember you, and I'm so happy for that. And not, my children, sorry, I've already moved on, found some other kids I like even more. You don't know that I have actual children. I don't. I don't know anything about you. You're right. And neither do you. But don't you owe it to yourself to find out? Don't you owe it to her? Isn't that what a good man would do? I don't know. I just... I don't want to find out that... Find out what? Anything I don't want to remember. And if just being around you will trigger my memories, then it's time for you to go. Please. Now! John stands, about ready to drag her out if necessary. Careful. You didn't have dinner. Mind your constitution. I know where they keep the gun in this place. Don't make me get it. I'm not here to cause any trouble. Then go. Fine. The woman stands and heads towards the door but stops suddenly and turns back to John. Before I go, can you at least tell me the images you saw when you looked upon my face? Perhaps they may offer me another clue to help me remember there my life. There are so many to recount, and they're still coming into focus. Most of them are a blur. Anything. Anything at all. Anything that stuck. I saw you. Me? I'm pretty sure it was you. I presume you... Saw me, too? No. Oh. Did you see anything else? I told you. I saw many things. Most of it unimportant, probably. Like what? I saw food. I saw grass. I saw computers, photographs, newspapers. I saw people. Many people. You, an older man, perhaps my father. I don't know. I saw so many faces. I don't know who they are. Children, men, women. I saw... Suffering. I saw suffering. I don't want to remember anymore. You say you saw newspapers? I saw a newspaper. A newspaper clipping. What did it say? I couldn't see the words, just the picture. What is the picture of? A man. He is on a gurney. He is being wheeled into an ambulance. This can't be important. The woman moves closer to him. I think I saw the same clipping. John turns to the woman. The man is badly hurt. He looks awful. The woman nods. Is there anyone else in the image? There are other people. EMTs, I think. They're pushing the gurney. In the background. Is there anyone else in the background of the image? Why are you asking me if you saw the clipping yourself? I only saw the words. I can't make out the picture. It's still blurry. What did it say, the words? First, tell me, is there anyone else in the picture? Perhaps standing in the background? Try to remember. He closes his eyes and tries to remember. There is someone... A woman, she's wearing... She's wearing... John suddenly opens his eyes. He looks to the kitchen. He is confused by what he just saw in his head. He turns back to the woman. What did the words say? Woman heroically saves man from burning car. That was the headline. Under the photo, a caption read, Charles Mailer gets wheeled into ambulance as his rescuer, Hazel Anderson, looks on. Hazel! I saw Hazel. Hazel enters with a piece of pie. Here, my love, some pie for you. She sees the woman. Oh, you're still here? Hazel, I have a question for you. I don't want to answer your questions. But what of your horoscope? 
Aren't you supposed to say yes and reap dividends of happiness? I have enough happiness already. I can afford to say no today. When you discovered John three months ago, naked in a field, was that the first time you two had ever met? I told you. I don't want to answer your question. Please answer it. Hazel turns to John, confused. John? Did you know me? Did I know you? Did you know me prior to three months ago? No, of course not. What is this about? A memory. This woman helped me unlock a memory. I thought you didn't want to unlock your memories. I don't. Now you're letting this woman help you? He's helping me. Helping you what? Ruin something that's pure? John and I are meant to be. It's destiny. Astrology even says so. How do you know his astrology says so? Unless you know his astrological sign. I don't know his astrological sign, obviously. What difference does that make? Some astrological signs are completely incompatible. I don't care about that. Because unlike astrology, John and I were written in the stars. Astrology is written in the... Look, I'm not trying to get in between you and John. I'm just trying to remember. Remember what? Remember everything. She has amnesia as well. What? Yes. No. That's John's thing. It's my thing, too. I also woke up naked in a field three months ago, unable to remember anything about myself. But you didn't drive past me. Not sure I would have stopped if I did. Oh, John, don't you see? She's fooling you. She's a con artist. I don't think she is. She's probably heard about you, heard about what's going on with you, and is using the same story to try to connect with you to gain your confidence. And then she's going to take you for every penny you're worth. I don't have any pennies. That you know of. Who knows what she's after? I am after my memories. That's it. John may be happy remembering nothing, but I'm not. I want my memories back. And I think he's the key. And you might be as well. Me? We both have the same memory, and you are in it. Hazel is shocked by this. You have a memory of me? Why would you have a memory of me? That's what we're trying to find out. What memory? A newspaper clipping. A man. He's been hurt real badly. He's being wheeled into an ambulance, and you are standing in the background. It couldn't have been me. Are you Hazel Anderson? Yes. The article mentions you by name. What? Charles Mailer gets wheeled into ambulance as his rescuer, Hazel Anderson, looks on. Hazel steps back, confused. I don't know what to tell you. Why don't you tell us what happened? I don't know what happened. I've never rescued anyone in my life. You're lying. I'm not. We both remember the article. I don't care what you remember. I think I would know if I rescued someone. I promise you, the only person I've ever saved was you. Do you believe me? John looks up at the woman. Maybe she has amnesia as well. I don't have amnesia. Some kind of selective amnesia? I remember everything. I remember my mother. I remember my father. I remember my children. My memory is good, and I promise you, I never rescued no... What the fuck is his name? Charles Mailer. Charles Mailer. Thank you. I've never rescued Charles Mailer, whoever he is. I don't even know why you think you saw that in some newspaper. She grabs the newspaper from the stack near the door. Here. Show me. Show me where you saw it. It wouldn't be in today's paper. Here are the headlines. IRS scammers on the prowl. Local man found guilty of lewd conduct. Woman rushed to hospital after growing potato in her vagina. Nothing about me. 
She hands the paper to the woman. Go ahead, look. It wouldn't be in today's paper. It was a memory. You won't find it in any paper. John, I've never even been in the newspaper. I've done nothing worth writing about, I promise you. You have to believe me. I know what I saw. You have to believe me. I know what is inside my head. I see you. You're wearing this outfit. You're looking at a man as he is being wheeled into an ambulance. It's not me. It mentions you by name. You are lying. I don't know you. I have no reason to lie. You're lying to get him back. I don't know that he's mine to have back. I don't know anything. I don't even know my name. Well, we can fix that straight away. The same way we solved it for John. She heads to a coat rack and pulls off a hat. It reads Von Dutch. She puts it on the woman's head. From this day forward, we shall call you Dutch. That's not my name. You don't know that. You are not calling me Dutch. We certainly can't call you woman, can we? So until you tell me your real name, we shall call you Dutch. I don't know my real name. Okay, Dutch. Did you find anything in the paper? It's not in this paper. Of course not, because it's bullshit. It's some story you planted in his head to con him and steal him away. She didn't plant anything in my head. John, last night you said you loved me. I do. If you love me... Then you must trust me. I don't. Not in this moment. You think I'm lying? Yes. And I don't know why. I'm... I'm not lying. Please don't think I'm lying. How else do you explain it, Hazel? I know what I saw. I remember you. I wasn't hypnotized. It was a memory. A memory that you are clearly lying about, and now I don't know what to believe anymore. I did trust you, and you lied. No, John. Why? I'm not lying. You are a liar. No. Yes. No. The both turn to the woman, who is still holding the newspaper. She's staring at something on the front page. She's not lying. What do you mean she is not lying? She hasn't saved Charles Mailer. Then why was it in the newspaper? We both remember it in the newspaper. Look! The woman hands John the newspaper. It wouldn't be in this newspaper. It didn't happen today. It obviously happened more than three months ago. Just look. It's today's paper. There's nothing. Close your eyes and look. That makes no sense. And try to remember. John holds up the paper. He closes his eyes and looks again. Sure enough, a memory is triggered. Oh my gosh. Do you see it? I do. Is it triggering your memory? It is. I see it. It's it's coming back. I see the image. It's her. I see her. It's not. I see the words. I see the words now. They're, they're coming into focus. Woman, heroically, saves man from burning car. No, John. I can see the caption. Charles Mailer gets wheeled into an ambulance as his rescuer... Hazel Anderson looks on. It wasn't me. Look higher, John. I see. I see. I see. The date. I don't understand. I haven't rescued anyone from a burning car. You haven't rescued anyone from a burning car. Yet. The newspaper. Its date is... Tomorrow. How can... Tomorrow be a memory. What does that mean? I think it means we're from the future. Blackout.
Scene two. Some time later, the woman is seated. She's looking a little pale. John sits at a different booth. Hazel is standing by the counter. Let me understand. We've been over this. I'd like to go over it again. It's not every day I find out my boyfriend is from the future. It's the only logical answer. Answer to what? To the question why we would have a memory of something that hasn't occurred yet. There must be another answer. I'd love to hear it. Perhaps it's not a memory. Perhaps it's just a figment of your imagination. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Because supposedly you're rescuing this imaginary person sometime in the next 24 hours. I don't even know Charles Mailer. How can this be real? It's real. I know it is. We are from the future. That feels right. <sighs> so you're from the future. You've come back in time by some means of time travel. And in so doing, you've developed amnesia. So you can't answer questions like, hey, What's the future all about? And where did you park your time machine? Is that right? Yes. Well, that's convenient, wouldn't you say? Inconvenient, I would say. A little evidence would be nice. Something to go on? Something to make this story plausible? Don't you even know why you've come back? That is the question, isn't it? Why are we here? What is our purpose? I take it you don't know. You don't remember. We may not have to. We can possibly make some assumptions. Assumptions? Why do people travel back in time? I don't know. You're the only ones who have done it. Usually to stop something bad from happening. Well, if you're here to save Kennedy, you're too late. And if you're here not to save Reagan, you're too late for that, too. Who's president now? She turns to John, irritated. I was just joking. Do you really think you're here to save a president? I think it makes sense. Why else come back in time if not to save someone, someone important? Well, we're in an election cycle. The current president has less than two months left in office. What would be the point in killing him? Maybe we're here to keep the next president from being elected. Stop a future Hitler. This is absurd. Is there a candidate that's more like a Hitler? Between the Republican and the Democrat? They're both assholes, if you ask me. That's not helpful. I don't care. Maybe you would if you knew what was coming. Maybe you would if you knew what was coming. We could be here from the future to prevent a genocide. Assuming you're from the future, you could be here to bet on a pony. You could be here to buy stock in tomorrow's Google. You assume you're saviors, but you might be motivated by greed. How am I to know otherwise? I don't know you. But you know me. She turns to John once again. Do I, John? Do I? You both seem so surprised and irritated at my resistance at the notions you're suggesting. As if you just told me you're from Detroit. But you've told me you're from the future. You tell me I'm going to save someone. You tell me you are going to possibly save the whole country. You fault me for saying our leaders are assholes, though everyone knows they are. What? Me saying it out loud somehow emboldens our enemies? Perhaps it does. What enemies? The candidates are running for president, some of whom might be a future Hitler. Which one? Which one are you voting for? I'm not voting. What a waste of time. Good grief. Is that your plan? Come back in time to sway my vote? Does the next president only win by one? We don't know our plan. We don't know what we're here to do. And maybe what we're suggesting is absurd. We just assume if we've come all this way, it must be for something important. The woman turns away, rubbing her head. Well, I make no assumptions about why I'm here. All the important things I've ever done are asleep, hopefully, if my mother was able to get them in bed on time. 
How lucky for you both that you're meant for so much more. The woman is still rubbing her head, looking a little peaked. Are you okay? I can't argue anymore. I need to eat. The restaurant is closed. I haven't eaten all day. Please. The woman is really struggling. <sighs> Fine. We have food in the kitchen. You can help yourself. I'm not here to serve you. Thank you. The woman exits toward the kitchen. I don't know if I'm being made a fool of, if I'm the butt of a very long joke, or if I should believe you. I want to believe you, but earlier you said you didn't trust me, and now I don't know if I can trust you. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for not trusting you, and I don't blame you for not believing me. I know it sounds crazy. Absolutely crazy! You're from the future? How do I know this is not some scam? You and her working together, some charade to take advantage of me. It's not a charade. How do I know? John goes to her and gently kisses her. This is not a movie. You can't erase all my doubts just with one kiss. How many do you need? A lifetime's worth. He kisses her again. This is not a charade. I love you. That's real. She slowly starts to give in. And you're from the future. Is that real too? And you're here to save the country? Well, I don't know about that. Perhaps that is far-fetched. Let's hope the country is not in any danger. Let's hope. Let's hope she's not a Terminator. Let's hope I'm not Sarah Connors. Let's hope you're not Marty McFly and you run into your parents, prevent them from having children, and you become erased from existence. Yes, let's hope for all those things. <laughs> Where does that leave us? Why else would you be here? I don't know. I do like the idea of saving someone. Doing something good, something important, being brave. What's wrong with just being normal? No one wants to eat a normal sandwich. They want to eat a hero. <laughs> I think she's right. Dutch. We've come all this way. It can't just be for nothing. We have to have a purpose. We have to be here for a reason. I suppose. I suppose if you're here from the future, you've come back for a reason. He nods. I just hope it's for a good reason. I'm sure it's for a good reason. You're a good man. John seems to be struggling with something. John? I don't know. If I'm a good man. I beg your pardon? I don't know if I'm a good man. <laughs> I just expressed to you a concern that this might be a charade. You might be scamming me with your partner, Dutch. You assured me you're not. I believed you. Now you're telling me you might not be a good man? You're just killing me! I'm not scamming you. I'm not working with that woman. And my love for you is real. But... But what? Do you remember something? No, it's just a feeling. A feeling? I've had it from the beginning. What? This fear. I'm afraid that if I remember who I am, I'll come to find that I'm not a good man. I'm afraid I have it in me to be a bad man. And that's why I don't want to remember. I don't want to be bad. Hazel studies the genuine look of fear on John's face. 
We all have it in us to be bad and good. You can decide. I'm not sure I know how. I'm afraid I might make the wrong decision. Decisions made out of fear usually are the wrong decision. I mean, Jesus, I have a kitchen full of food and I all but denied a starving woman something to eat because I'm afraid. Afraid. She might be a Terminator? I'm afraid she might take you away from me. Do you see what fear makes us do? Trade in our humanity. And for what? So that our relationship might survive the night? Don't be afraid. It only brings out the worst in us. I don't know how not to be scared. I know. It's hard. There's so much to be scared of. Global warming, global terrorism, antibiotic resistance, mosquitoes. But do you really need to be scared of the past you can't remember? My father used to say, you either overcome your fears or you become them. Hazel lets that sink in. I don't care who you were. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It only matters what you do. I need to find out what I'm here to do. You will, and you'll see. You are a good man. You will make the right choice. I hope you're right. <laughs> well, if I knew your sun sign, I could know for sure. You're positive you don't remember your birthday? As far as I'm concerned, I was born the day you found me naked in that field. That was June 21st. That makes you a Cancer, a very compatible sign with Virgo. Am I a good man? Cancer men are very loyal, empathetic, and perhaps the most heroic of all signs. Does that sound like someone who's bad? No. They can be ill-tempered and insecure, though, so watch out for that. <laughs> Noted. You can read today's horoscope in the paper there. I think it's on the same page as the article about the woman who was growing a potato in her vagina. He picks up the newspaper. I'm more interested in reading about that. The woman returns from the kitchen. How are you feeling? Better. Thank you. Ready to argue some more? If we must. What would you have us argue about now? Why does a woman grow a potato in her vagina? I don't have a position on that. Apparently, she planted it last summer. Doesn't she know potatoes are cool season crops? How are we supposed to encourage kids to eat more vegetables when stuff like this happens? This is the type of thing that emboldens our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> are we all friends now? For the moment. And you too? Still in love? Oh, yes. I found out his sun sign. It turns out we're compatible. Did... Did you remember your birthday? No, no. We are using the day I arrived here as my birthday. June 21st. Cancer. June 21st through July 22nd. Oh. What's the sign before cancer? Because I arrived on June 20th. Gemini. Well, that explains why we don't get along. I'm sure it does. Gemini tend to be very irritable and insensitive. Yes, well, I guess I do owe you an apology. I know our story is hard to swallow, but I also know I came back here to do something important. How do you know it's so important? Maybe where you're from, people travel for the past all the time just for laughs. I don't think anyone's traveled to the past before us. 
The fact that we can't remember anything suggests that whatever the technology is that got us here, it hasn't been worked out. There's obviously still bugs. We're probably lucky to be alive. Then why risk using it? Because we're here to do something important. Don't you think? John's not paying attention. He's slowly made his way to the other end of the diner. John? You say you arrived on June 20th? Yes. We didn't come together? Apparently not. What are you thinking? Not thinking. Remembering. John is now standing near the register. He looks down at it. What do you remember? Do you know something? Do you know our purpose? Do you know why we're here? I know why I'm here. What do you mean? I don't think you and I are here for the same reasons. How can you be sure? He takes a gun from beneath the register and points it at the woman. Because I'm here to stop you. Blackout. Scene 3. A diner. The woman is not here. John and Hazel sit across from one another. John still has the gun, though not pointed at Hazel. How did you know we had a gun here? I accidentally stumbled upon it a few weeks ago looking for some aspirin. Good thing, right? What are you going to do with her? I think I have to kill her. Kill her? I think I do. Why in heaven's name? I have to stop her. And that means kill her? How else am I supposed to stop her? She's handcuffed in the back. You already stopped her. We can't keep her back there forever. Well, how long do you need? I don't know. I don't know what she's here to do. You just know you have to stop her? Yes. From doing something that you don't know? Yes. And the fact that you've handcuffed her is not stopping her enough? No. Look, if the thing she came here to do is tomorrow, then wonderful. The good guys win. But if the thing she came here to do is ten years from now... Am I supposed to keep her back there for ten years? Why would she come back now if the thing she has to do is ten years from now? I don't know. I just know I have to stop her. Call the police then. Let them stop her. Call the police and tell them what? I'm from the future? She's from the future? She came back in time to do something bad and I came back to stop her? Do you know how crazy that sounds? Yes, I do. We can't get the police involved. It has to be done by me. This is my reason for being here. This is my purpose. Don't make it sound so grave. It could be very grave. How many people go through life not even knowing their purpose, let alone achieving it? The world goes on. Their life isn't meaningless. You don't cease to exist just because you don't achieve your purpose. How do you know that? She shrugs. He gets up. I have to stop her. You don't have to help. He cocks the gun. Don't worry. No one will miss her. She's not from this time. He starts to head back towards the kitchen. You're not going to kill her in there. Why? That's my kitchen! We make food in there. The health department just gave me an A rating. What do you think they're going to grade me if they find out you've killed a woman in there? I hadn't thought of that. No, of course not. You're so busy thinking about your purpose, you forgot to consider mine. Where would you have me kill her? Go outside. Dig a hole. Get her. Put her in the hole. Shoot her in the hole. Fill the hole. This is not that complicated. I've never killed anyone before. That you know of. Have you? Killed someone? I'm a waitress. I kill people with kindness. I'll go dig a hole. He heads towards the door. The shovel's in the back. Your destiny awaits. John exits. Hazel waits for him to leave, then grabs a key sitting on the counter and exits toward the kitchen. A moment later, she reemerges, holding a pair of handcuffs. She is followed closely by the woman, rubbing her wrists. You need to go. Go where? Anywhere but here. He's going to kill you. 
kill me? He says he has to stop you. He handcuffed me to a radiator in your kitchen. I was stopped. He's digging a grave for you right now. As soon as he comes back, he's going to put you in it. I think that's exactly what you want. I want you out of our lives. I don't want you dead. You really think John is the type to pull the trigger? You really want to wait and find out? Please, go! The woman considers this. No! I can't go! I had been wandering around for so long, lost out there. Lost with so many questions, and finally, I am close to finding answers. You want me to go? Absolutely not. He's going to kill you. You'll just have to talk him out of it. I can't. Of course you can. Of course you can. He's your boyfriend. He'll listen to you. I've had boyfriends in the past who couldn't care less what I had to say, especially when they were preparing to do something violent. I'm not leaving. I'm here for a purpose. I have to see it. My God! You people and your purposes! Who gives a shit about your purpose? It's only going to put him in a cell and you in a grave. Do you want to die? Because you don't have much time left. The woman puts her hand on her head. A memory is triggered. What is it? I don't have much time left. I just said that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Then why aren't you leaving? He'll be back any minute. I'm not afraid of him. Listen, I don't know what to believe anymore. You're time travelers? You're here to do something important? He's here to stop you? I don't know if that's true, but I know he thinks it's true. And he's going to kill you. That doesn't frighten you? No. Why not? I'm already dying. What? I'm already dying. I have some disease. What disease? Something from the future. I don't remember what. Is it catchy? I don't think so. But you're definitely dying? There's no cure. There's nothing they could do? They have medicine that could possibly prolong my life long enough for them to find a cure. Did you take it? No. It would have debilitated me. I would have been living a half-life. Better than no life. There was no guarantee that they'd find a cure in time. I'd just be bedridden for months, maybe years, wasting away to nothing. I couldn't risk that. I had something important I had to do. What was that? I had to come here. Hazel grabs the woman by the shoulders. Why? Why did you come here? The woman, frustrated, shakes her head. I don't remember. No, of course not. We'll save that memory for last. What happens to those that don't take the medicine? They're usually dead within six months. Hold on. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Because you've been here for three months... And it sounds like you're saying you'll be dead within the next three months. That's right. You don't know who you are, but you know you're dying, and you gave up a chance at life to travel back in time on some untested technology. Yes. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Sometimes we do things that don't make sense. When? When do we do those things? When it's for something important. It better be important. More important than simply screwing up my life, which you have done, by the way. I'm sorry. We were very happy before you walked through that door. Me walking out is not going to change things back the way they were. He was decent. Great with the kids. Maya, Maddie, they both love him. The woman looks at the picture of the two three-year-olds on the cover of the menu. They look like good kids. They're three. Three years old. They're angels. Maya is very bright and determined. And Maddie, 
Oh, she's got the biggest heart. And John treats them really well. And he treats me great, too. It's a nice change of pace from all the other men I've dated. But now the pace is a little too fast. We're already plotting our first murder. I usually like to travel with someone before I take the next big step. No one is going to die. From what you tell me, you're going to die. Within three months. John returns with a dirty shovel. The hole's dug. Possibly sooner. Jesus! You unlocked her? John drops the shovel and grabs his gun from his belt. Why did you unlock her? I don't want you to kill her. I have to. If you kill her, it could have serious repercussions. How? On our relationship. What do you mean? I don't want to date a killer. Well, just because I kill her doesn't make me a killer. I think it does. Hazel, don't do this. Please don't do this. Don't give me an ultimatum. Why? What are you going to do? Are you going to kill me too? No! I love you. I would never hurt you. Being with you is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Good. If you want to stay with me, please don't kill her. Damn it! You gave me an ultimatum! I have no choice, John. I don't know how they do it when you're from. But in this day and age, you can't go around killing people. I'm the hero. I can kill whoever I want. John! I mean whoever I need in order to save the day. I'm the hero. You don't know that. Yes, I do. But you don't. You were telling me just earlier you thought you might not be a good man. That was supposed to be private. You said you feared you had it in you to be a bad man. I know what I said. And you said people born under the sign of cancer were the most heroic of all. We don't know you're definitely a cancer. Also, I might be thinking of Scorpios. You said I could decide if I was good or if I was bad. I've decided I'm good. Now you have to decide if you believe me. She's decided. She doesn't. You stay out of this. You're the reason we're in this mess. If it weren't for you... If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have come back in time to meet her. The best thing that's ever happened to you. And this is the thanks I get. That's it! He points the gun at her. John! Outside! We're gonna do this right now! Move! No! If you're gonna kill me, you can do it in here. I can't do it in here. She has an A rating. John! I'll force you if I have to. You're going to get rough with me? Please! Hazel, enough! I have to do this... Don't you understand? She's here to do something awful. You don't know that. I do. I'm the hero. Yes, we got that. But let me ask you, John, if I'm here to stop a future Hitler, like we talked about earlier, and you're here to stop me, are you still the hero? Yes. I mean, look, one of us is obviously bad, and one of us is obviously good. And between the two of us, I think it's pretty obvious that you're the villain. Why is that obvious? <laughs> Look at you. Look at how you've lived. You said yourself you had to beg, borrow, steal. You stole. Now, does that sound like something a good person would do? I don't think it necessarily makes me a bad person. There is no line that divides good and bad with stealing on one side and not stealing on the other. It's not black and white. No? How do you tell the difference, then? You have to find your way through the gray area between egoism and altruism and hope you end up on the right side. What? What the hell does that mean? Do you know what that means? Hazel shakes her head. There's at least two words in that sentence that I don't understand. Look them up. You look them up! I don't have to look them up. I know what they mean. It doesn't matter what you know. Because here's what I know. I'm good. You're bad. 
you stole. That doesn't make me bad. It's probably just the tip of the iceberg it's with you. It's not the tip of any iceberg. We both couldn't remember anything about our lives, but your natural inclinations were to beg, borrow, and steal. And other things you had to do to survive. Remember when you said that? It is the tip of the iceberg. What other things, I wonder? Things I had to do to survive. I wasn't lucky enough to have a kind person give me a home and clothes and food. Between the two of us, you're the one that's made choices that's hurt other people. I didn't hurt anyone. Tell that to the people you stole from and did other things. And what about you? Who have I hurt? The woman gestures to Hazel. I'm not... Am I hurting you? Well, it's not pleasant watching you wave a gun around threatening murder. Justifiable homicide? Think of all the things she's done. I did what I had to do to survive. Is killing me going to help you survive? You're a villain. Killing you might help us all survive. I'm not a villain. Look at your natural inclinations. Look at your inclinations, John. You're pointing a gun to my head. You're willing to shoot me, an unarmed woman who's done nothing wrong but steal some food and clothes and $700 from a convenience store. That's it. But I'm the bad guy? You're going to do something far worse. You don't know what I'm going to do. Jesus, you don't even know if you're supposed to kill me. All you know is you're supposed to stop me. Does that mean kill? I don't think that means kill. It could mean anything. How stupid are you going to feel when you remember in 20 minutes, fuck, I was supposed to stop her and bring her back alive. I was supposed to question her, but she's dead now. How am I supposed to question her? Have you thought of that? No. You talk about natural inclinations. Your first instinct is to grab a gun and commit murder. I wonder why that is. Perhaps it's because you're the bad guy. Don't call me the bad guy. Why? Are you going to do bad things? I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy either. None of you need to be the bad guy. Shut the fuck up. Jesus. You both are acting like children. Of course you take her side. I'm not taking sides. I said you both are acting like children. You're taking her side, and I trusted you. Good God, your trust is so fragile. Within the last few hours, you trusted me. Then you didn't trust me. Yes, that's true. I trusted you. Then I didn't. But then I did. But then you unlocked her. So now I don't. Be that as it may, has it occurred to you, to either of you, that none of you might be the bad guy? If she's here to do something and I'm here to stop her... Maybe you're trying to stop her for her own good. Maybe you're trying to save her. Save her? Maybe... Maybe you are lovers, and though she is here to do something good, you know that the doing of that good thing results in dire consequences for her, which you can't endure because you care for her, so you came here to stop her. Is that not possible? Assuming he's not gay. It's possible. But unlikely. What is unlikely? That I care for you. <laughs> Earlier, when you were flooded with images, you said the first one you saw was me. Why would you see me if you didn't care for me? I don't know why I saw what I saw, and I certainly don't know that you're here to do something good. That's right. You don't know. You don't know anything. Neither of you. Thankfully, you guys are remembering new things all the time. She just remembered she's dying. What? Suddenly you care? If you just be patient and wait, 
Hopefully, it won't be long before all the facts are on the table and we can decide who kills who. You're dying? It's not important. It sounds pretty important. She's got a fucking disease! You understand? They don't have a cure. If she stayed in her time, she might have had a chance. She could have taken some medicine that would have possibly prolonged her life long enough for them to find a cure, but she didn't stay in her time. She came here instead, where there is no medicine and there's certainly no cure, so she's definitely fucking dying. You're cursing a lot more than normal. Why did she do that? Because she has a purpose. A very important purpose, like you, John. Unfortunately... Neither of you can remember your purpose, time travel being glitchy and all, causing temporary amnesia, so you have to wait. You have to wait! Wait for you both to remember. Can you wait? Do you think you can wait? I feel like you're directing this solely at me. Because you're the one with the fucking gun! Can you just put the gun down and relax? I'm relaxed! You're the one that's very tense. I'm tense because I've been living in crazy town tonight. I feel like I am in a really bad movie. I totally get that. I do. I don't know why you have to say the movie is really bad. I think it's good. Aside from the line of dialogue about altruism and egoism, who the hell knows what that means? Look it up. You look it up. The movie is bad because I don't know what kind of movie this is. I thought I was in a love story, maybe a romantic comedy, but then she arrived and suddenly we're in a science fiction, and then you pull a gun and we're in a crime thriller. With every piece of new information, the tone of this story changes and becomes entirely different from where it started and certainly from what I want. What do you want? At this point, I would just settle for some consistency. Can we pick one genre and stick to it? Not change it with every new memory? We can try. And can the genre be one that doesn't involve the use of that gun? Please, can you just put it away? John puts the gun in his belt. Hazel takes a seat away from the two of them. So you have a disease? I'd rather not talk about it. What are we supposed to do while we wait? We can talk about something else. We don't have to talk at all. There's a jukebox there. Why don't you play some music and just relax? The woman heads towards the jukebox. Does it take money? It's free. The woman looks at the selection of songs. Play some Billy Joel. <laughs> I'll play what I want. Thank you. I like Billy Joel. I'd do anything to play piano like Billy Joel. If you would do anything to play piano like Billy Joel, you'd play piano like Billy Joel. Fair point. The woman continues looking through the albums. It's so strange. I recall most of these artists, but I can barely remember anything about myself. You remember you have a disease. The woman ignores him and continues looking at the jukebox selection. Madonna, Prince, I love him. The Stones. Suddenly... She sees something curious in the jukebox. Why is your name on some of these tracks? Hazel looks up. What's that? Your name. It's on some of these tracks. Those are her songs. Seriously? She's very talented. There was a time I wanted to be a singer, so I recorded some songs I wrote. No kidding? They're really good. I bet. Hardly. Nothing ever came of it. I put the CD in the jukebox on the off chance that someone might play it. 
No one ever does. I want to play it. That really's not necessary. I want to. I'm sure they're excellent. The woman looks through the selection of tracks. One of them piques her interests. She selects it. The song starts to play, and we hear the recording of Hazel singing. There's no butter in your butterfly, but there's a fly in my margarine. I should you think that's pretty, I don't know why. She's good, right? Suddenly, the woman who has been very affected by the song starts to sing along. Butterflies and margarine. Make the world a better place. Hazel and John stare at the woman in shock. How do you know that song? The woman ignores the question and just keeps singing along. I don't know. I just felt like singing about you, Hazel abruptly turns off the jukebox. How do you know that song? The woman is shaking her head. She's not looking at Hazel. I've heard it before. That's impossible. I've heard it. Nobody's heard my song. I have. My songs aren't on the radio. They're not streamed or anything like that. They're just shit I put together in my house. They're not popular. They're not popular yet, maybe. Hazel turns to John. Don't you see? If she's heard your songs, I mean, it obviously means they've become popular. They're probably famous in the future. I told you they're good. I told you. They're probably hits. Is that what it is? Are my songs hits? The woman, still not looking at Hazel, is shaking her head. No. Then how do you know that song? The woman finally turns and stares at Hazel, straight in the eyes. My mother used to sing it to me. Then, suddenly... The woman falls to the floor, unconscious. Blackout. Scene four. A diner. The woman sits in a booth, her head resting on the table. She is still unconscious. One of her wrists is handcuffed to the side of the booth. Hazel is sitting at another booth. The handcuff key rests on her table. She does not look happy. John is pacing across the floor. He is once again holding the gun at his side, though he seems to be in good spirits. What's the title of our movie? Which movie? This movie, this multi-genre movie that is our story. Maybe it's not a movie. There's far too much talking. Maybe it's a play. That's even worse. A science fiction crime thriller play. Sounds dreadful. What's the title? Something stupid, no doubt. A combination of words that sounds important, thematic, artsy. Words said once or twice in some monologue or moment that you're supposed to find meaning in, but there is no meaning. They don't make sense. It's really just absurd. It's all absurd. Something absurd. Sounds perfect for our story. Doesn't get any stranger than this. Time travel, amnesia. People falling unconscious all the time. How often do you see someone fall down suddenly unconscious? I don't think I've ever seen that. But in the last few hours, I've seen it twice. She must be having some kind of memory recall. It's jarring when that happens. What's the point of this play? 
What are we supposed to learn from it? Memory recall. Too sci-fi for you? She nods slightly in disgust. For what it's worth, I think this play could still be a love story. Do you? Do you love me, John? Of course I do. I don't know. If you did, then you wouldn't be so wrapped up in your purpose. I would be your purpose. I don't think that's entirely fair. Love isn't fair. Love is about sacrifice. Nothing fair about that. Sacrifice is such a scary word. No matter how big or small, we're scared it will feel painful, fateful, or just inconvenient or embarrassing. But the irony is when you're in love, the sacrifices you make rarely feel like acts of sacrifice. They just feel like acts of love. I'm willing to do anything you want to prove my love for you. I find that hard to believe considering she is back in handcuffs and you're still holding that gun. It's a precaution. It could very well be for your own safety. I don't feel safer when you act this way. She might remember why she's here. And she might be here for something horrible. I need to see this through. Once it's done, once she's stopped, I am willing to make any sacrifice you want me to make. It wouldn't be much of a sacrifice then, would it? I need to use the restroom. John grabs the handcuff key off of Hazel's table. Keep an eye on her. Not going anywhere. John exits. Hazel goes behind the counter. She gets a glass and pours some water in it. She takes the glass to the table where the woman still lies unconscious. She sits across from her. The woman starts to stir. Easy. The woman starts to sit up. I brought you some water. You should sip it slowly. The woman notices the handcuffs around her wrist, chaining her to the table. Why am I locked up again? John felt it best. Where's the key? He has it. He was afraid you'd remember what you're here for. I do. I remember everything. What did you mean when you said your mother used to sing you that song? The woman looks at Hazel. She grabs Hazel's hand, puts it to her face and starts to cry. Why are you crying? Because I haven't seen you in a long time. Hazel looks hard at the woman crying before her. Oh my God. The woman nods. It's you. I can't believe it's you. Wait, which one are you? Maya. Maya. Oh my God, Maya. Hazel is smiling through her tears at Maya. Then... No, wait a minute. She stands and backs away from the table. This... This can't be. It's me. It's impossible. It's me. Prove it. Where was I born? You were born about ten miles south of here. This is Grandma's diner that you helped run. Your father, Papa, was a police officer. He committed suicide when you were twelve. These handcuffs, that gun John is holding, they were his. Papa shot himself with that gun. Hazel can't believe what she's hearing. You met my father at a local Al-Anon center. You have a history of being with men who need saving. You never married, but he got you pregnant when you were twenty-seven. He was not good to you. He had a tendency to talk with his hands and what he had to say. It wasn't always very nice. One day he took it too far and you were forced to defend yourself. Also with Papa's gun. Okay. How do you know those things? I never told you those things. You will. It's me, Mom. 
It's me. I discovered a way to travel back in time. Hazel grabs Maya's hands. Oh, sweetie. They hold each other. I'm so proud of you. Hazel looks her daughter up and down. Look at you. Look how you've grown. Maya smiles. Hazel points to the photograph on the cover of the menu sitting on the table. You still have the same smile, though. <laughs> Where's your sister? Why didn't you bring her with you? Maya's smile fades. What time is it? I don't have my watch. What time is it? Suddenly, there is the sound of a huge crash. It came from outside the diner. Following the crash, a horn continues to blare. Jesus, what the hell was that? Hazel gets up to look out the window. Mom, you have to listen to me. Oh my god. Someone just crashed their car into that tree. John returns from the bathroom, gun drawn. What the hell was that noise? A man was just in a car accident. He's not moving. Hazel starts to head towards the door. Mom! Hazel stops. She looks at Maya. So does John. It's Charles Mailer. Okay. I'm gonna save him. No! Honey, he isn't getting out. The car is on fire and he isn't getting out. I'll be right back. He's a terrible man. Maya! She turns to go out. He kills Maddie! Hazel stops. What? John, meanwhile, at hearing this, has put one hand to his head and with the other grabs the side of the table to keep from falling. He kills Maddie. He kills Maddie. Maya and Hazel both look to John, who is clearly struggling with some kind of memory recall. Maya then turns back to her mother, gravely. He kills you too. When? 25 years from now. 25 years? Mom, he's crazy. This is why I came back. To make sure you don't save that man. He's horrible. 25 years. Bad things happen to Maddie, to you. I don't understand. Do not save that man. Hazel looks out the window. A man can be heard screaming in agony, screaming for help. It's the middle of the night. If I don't save him, he's going to die. He should die for what he's done. You have to believe me. Hazel looks at Maya. I believe you, but let him die. Hazel looks out the window again. From outside, the man screams again. Jesus, he's being burnt alive. He kills you! He kills Maddie! The noises outside build. The horn is still blaring. The screams are painful to listen to. Hazel is struggling. Suddenly, the noise all stops. Hazel turns to Maya. I'm sorry. I can't stand here and let a man die. Not when I can help him. She leaves to save Charles Mailer. Now it's Maya who screams. No! Maya looks at John, who is still struggling with the sudden recall of memories he's having. John, get up! Get up! Give me the key! Give me the key! John doesn't answer her. You son of a bitch! This is what you wanted! This is what you wanted! To stop me from doing what I came here to do! To stop me from saving her! From saving them both! John! He finally looks up at Maya. He's breathing heavy. You remember, don't you? John gives a slight nod. He's your father. John can't meet her eye. I know he's your father. I know you came back to save your fucking father, but he's not worth saving. They are worth saving, Maddie. Hazel. He looks at her again, then turns to go. John, he's a horrible man. John stops, suddenly. I know. I hate him for what he's done. He killed Maddie. My Maddie. It wasn't you I saw earlier when I was flooded with images. It was her. Help me stop him. John doesn't move. You were afraid you might be bad. If you do this, you are. If you let this happen, you're just like him. 
That's what you didn't want to remember, isn't it? That you're just like him? John turns back to Maya. I remember everything. I remember my birthday. I'm a Scorpio. Who gives a shit? Just give me the fucking key. Born November 18th. I don't care. 14 months from now. John lets that sink in. You understand? I haven't been born yet. I didn't come here to save him. I was just doing what I had to do to survive. John exits. Blackout. Scene 5. Maya still sits, handcuffed to the table. She is devastated. Hazel returns. Mr. Mailer is in bad shape, but I think he'll be all right. John is with him. The police and an ambulance are on their way. Why did you do that? I told you what happened. It will be okay. No, it won't. 25 years from now, he comes back. Why are you here now if he doesn't come back for 25 years? <laughs> because I knew where he'd be now. Because we wouldn't have to face him. We wouldn't have to fight him or outsmart him. We just had to sit here and do nothing. Why did you go out there? He's a monster. For the next two and a half decades, he does unspeakable things to countless women. And then he gets it in his head that you and he belong together. The woman who saved his life. It's destiny. When you're not interested, he goes mad. You try to protect yourself. You try to get your father's gun. But he's too fast. He's too strong. He kills you. Maddie's here that night working with you. He kills her too. He kills you both with your father's fucking gun. Maya starts to break down. Why did you have to go out there? You should have let him die. You just had to do nothing. He's a monster. If I did nothing, then I become the monster. Maya continues to cry. Listen to me. The future's not written. I'm afraid it is. Just because those things did happen doesn't mean they'll happen again. Just knowing what we know changes things. I'm afraid it won't change anything. I came back to save you from the future. That was my purpose. Now I'm just scared. Scared of what will happen. Well, the future scares me too. But I don't live in the future. I live in the present, and if someone needs my help, I have to help them. That's my purpose. Maya continues to break down. Hazel takes her hand. I want to take you to a hospital. Maybe they can find a cure for this disease you have. They won't find it in time. Not in time to save you, perhaps. But maybe in time to save her. She points to the menu, a picture of young Maya. Maya looks at the picture of her and her sister. Then at her mother. She shakes her head. What would be the point? She ends up alone. She continues to cry. Don't cry, my love. Don't cry. Hazel starts to sing a cappella. Butterflies and margarine Make the world a better place How'd we ever do without Is that what this song's all about? I don't know. I just felt like singing about your butterfly and my margarine. That 
that song is so stupid. <laughs> it doesn't make any... She considers what she's about to say. It doesn't make any sense. Suddenly, music begins to play. Hazel stands and sings to the audience. Maya joins her. I like chicken. Yeah. It sure goes well with some mashed potatoes. Did you ever eat a lot of chicken? If you did, did you have it with mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes and some chicken make the world a better place. How'd we ever do without? Is that what this song's all about? I don't know. I just felt like singing about some chicken. Music swells. Hazel now looks up to the audience and sings directly to them. Abraham Lincoln liked to wear big hats. Siegfried and Roy liked to wear big hats. I know I'm not making any sense. I know how dumb I sound. The things we do for the ones we love. What she was hearing afraid and it helps when I sing. Music fades out. In its place, we hear the sound of sirens. On the other side of the stage, John is outside, standing over the badly wounded Charles Mailer. The lights of an ambulance and a police car are flashing. Help is near. The ambulance is here. The police as well. The good guys have arrived, finally. This isn't going to make any sense, but it's important. Years from now, as destiny would have it, I'll meet a woman named Maddie and we'll fall in love. We will be very happy. But then she gets taken from me, and I thought I would do anything to bring her back. But that wasn't true, because here I am, saving you, saving me. We'd do anything to survive. That's the only thing we'd do anything for. What if that's the truth? What if that's my truth? Does that make me a bad person? If that's my truth, I think it does. Maddie. Hazel. I don't want to be bad. Help me not be afraid. Afraid of everything I'd be giving up. On the other side of the stage, Hazel continues singing, now cradling Maya in her arms. Butterflies and margarine 
Make the world a better place. How'd we ever do without? Maybe that's what this song's all about. Did you know when you're in love, the sacrifices you make don't feel like acts of sacrifice? They just feel like acts of love. He considers this, then takes out the gun. Bang. John shoots Charles Mailer dead. The light on John goes dark, leaving just Hazel and Maya lit. Maybe that's what this song's all about. The end. This has been a production of Play for Keeps. Thank you for joining us.